Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they like to deliberate and debate. And this week's debate is regarding the Mount Rushmore of doppelgangers. Michael, why? Uh, this is my choice, and I, I, for the life of me, I have no idea. It could be that uh, I saw something on TV. It could be that I have a personal story to tell. Oh. But I don't know why I just... Maybe I just like the word. Maybe I just like words with, like, little A and the two little hats on top of it. And, like, doppelganger. Wait a second. Umalots. R- Richard... Does this look like the Michael Winfield? It looks yeah. a little too much like Mi- Michael okay. Winfield for my taste. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael Winfield. Uh, what sullen musician sing used to sing songs with the Smiths that used to kind of enjoy his music a lot? It's like he's searching. Oh my God! He's looking up Michael Winfield's Facebook profile. Ma- Malf- Zord. Malfazord. Okay, that's close enough. Close enough, yeah. Maz Morrissey. Oh, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, clone, the clone of me, or the, uh, the doppelganger of me, doesn't know how to read. Doesn't know how to or read. Or to type, or how to internet. <laughs> that's how do you tell the difference. Well, so you, it's some th- it might be something personal, or something you find fascinating in, in well, culture. Well, I think, I think the, the difference between something that's like, uh, you know, this entire season we've been talking about, like, weird impersonators and kind of these weird dark things. I think what makes a doppelganger a doppelganger is like, there's a strange dark otherness. To yeah. It. It's not just you look like someone else. Mm-hmm. It's like your eyes are just kind of shifting back and forth. And you're like, what's up with that? Well, guy? That's funny. That judgment, what's up with that? The, the judgment and how you feel about that person is something that I haven't my whole life really associated with doppelganger. I thought it could almost be uh, uh, just denote a lookalike. So it didn't always be, have that. But maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's just the little hat on the A, the little German yeah, thing that makes it evil. That's what makes it a little makes, bit yeah. evil, yeah. Yeah, historically, I mean, you guys probably both went to the wiki when you started tackling this subject. But uh, the idea of a twin stranger or the double walker uh, being the transla- or double goer being the translation of the word doesn't really imply a value judgment about uh, who this person is or they're good mm. or bad. They could be a good person person according to that word who's the, who is the good doppelganger in this world yeah i don't know you never hear that in the well, news hitler yeah. had a doppelganger was he the good one maybe he yeah. was the good one maybe, maybe that's a good one yeah yeah the uh the good twin not the evil one oh, it's funny when we started discussing this i went to this uh, uh website called um twin strangers oh and you can put in a photo of yourself and you can find uh, your twin stranger from oh that's fun around the world and what's funny is the first thing you do when you upload a photo is it was like uh, I wanted to find a photo that looks like me is what I went yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. I'm not just going to pick any ra- – I'm looking around on, on Facebook for photos, for of photos you. that I think look like me. <laughs> so I, I'm already making a value judgment about <laughs> what does the mean, meaning handsome or meaning like no, no, hold on. Let me, younger. Let me find the one from 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 That's, years ago. <laughs> I, want, I, want to see, I want to know who looks like me yeah. from uh, – from when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so to participate in this set, you have to upload a photo. And so I'm looking around, uh, filtering for something that I think looks like me. So it's already a value judgment impacting this whole doppelganger thing. So 
And I'm probably uploading the evil me, not the nice me. Yeah, yeah I did that, and it came up with Brad Pitt. You did? Yeah, that's what it came up with. I've been meaning to tell you <laughs> that you look just like him. Uh, so in development for a while, there was a movie called Chad Schmidt about a guy... <laughs> What? Looks like, story was going to be starring Brad, oh, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt, but they like he'd play a guy named Chad Schmidt who comes to Hollywood and looks like Brad Pitt. I think that was in the post John Malkovich uh, being John Malkovich, Spike Spike Jones kind of thing. So, okay, so Michael chose it, so Richard will start. Okay, so my first choice is Abraham Lincoln Stoppelganger. Oh, um, was he a vampire hunter? He was not a vampire hunter, unfortunately, as far as I know. Um, so the story goes that Abraham Lincoln um, on the night of his election. Uh, swore that he saw his double looking when he saw went into when he uh, was glimpsing a looking glass, and that his double actually rose up from the, he rose up from the couch and the, the doppelganger like disappeared. You know, I don't think Abraham Lincoln was fit to be president. <laughs> this is the night of his election. Is, the first thing he sees wow. is like his his crazy uh, pipe dream. Mm-hmm. And apparently, over the years, Lincoln tried to repeat this tried to catch his doppelganger see he wasn't a vampire hunter he was a doppelganger hunter and he said that there's one other occasion that he said that he was able to see his doppelganger it's because he wore a dark suit had a wore a top hat and had a beard he looked just like just me, like me. <laughs> i've seen what i look like on the on the bills i know i know what i look like um so either there were Lincoln impersonators a long time before <laughs> President's Day mattress sales. Yeah. Was he saying party thing. on dude as well? <laughs> <laughs> he may have traveled back in a phone booth. But this is kind of my point that it's very possible. And, and, and apparently Mary Todd Lincoln thought this was like a horrible omen for his presidency. She was crazy. Right? She was also batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm suggesting that maybe he was batshit crazy too. Okay. Um, because I, look, I've seen a lot of things in my life. I've never seen a doppel. I well, I take that back. I did see someone who looked so much like me. It was like really like scary. Hmm. He looked like me, but with a touch more Sean Astin. Okay. So what I'm saying is, I saw Sean Astin. Saw Sean Astin, basically. <laughs> um, but when, in person, when when what when, when did this happen? No, I didn't see Sean Astin. Did you have I a did, dance fight or anything with your lookalike? Did you like a cat told, in a mirror? <laughs> I, I, I made sure I did not make. Actually, I, I was at a bar and uh-huh. uh, it was karaoke bar. It was the place down in? I can't remember the name of it. Um, not important because I purposely went out of my way to not make any contact with him or anything like yeah. that. It's laws, Newtonian laws. Of yeah, I, I thought there would be, <laughs> if, if we actually like talked to each other or touched, yeah. that somehow we would break, have a rift in the space-time <laughs> continuum. So I thought that was just a no-go. Have you guys ever, well, you, you and Jacob for a while. Well, uh... Our friend Jacob Dubois. Yeah, I have, we have a good friend who we vaguely look alike. But like, you also played kickball on yeah. the same team. Yeah, yeah. So but therefore, like, you're like we both wore dark rim glasses and vaguely yeah. kind of looked alike. Yeah, but like, and like, there's one time that one of our drunk friends, we I guess you know what would happen is we would be at the kickball bar and sometimes I would get his tab, oh, and sometimes it would go to oh. him. Oh, and one time, uh, one of our friends, uh, Mitchie, when she was super drunk uh, in Vegas at a kickball tournament, she uh, was screaming and like. Jacob's face thinking it was me or screaming in my face. Like, what, what the, there's there's one a picture of, of someone getting screamed at and it's yeah. like, yeah. oh yeah. You, wrong person. Wrong person. In uh, the 1800s, I think like Shakespeare's time, in Shakespeare, in so many Shakespeare plots, there are twins or people who are uh, uh, lookalikes or things. I mean, it's also in like Mark Twain. 
you know, there are people who are mistaken for each other. Or who was that, that Richard Gere film, Summersby, where there's somebody who was looked enough alike the other person. That he goes off to war, he goes, goes off to the Civil War and yeah, he comes back. He yeah. comes back. And in the age that existed before photographs where you could hold on to a photograph to remember somebody's likeness or motion pictures or uh, electronic documents, I wonder if it was harder to remember what somebody even looked like or easier to be an imposter for somebody. Or did people not hold each other up to that much scrutiny or mostly <laughs> your face is covered with shit or dirt <laughs> or, or yeah, there was just like the document of you was if you were rich enough there was a painting of you yeah, yeah. But, and then that's it then that, and then that's you it. kind of if you have a painting of yourself you're like well they gotta be rich yeah that's all you gotta do is get <laughs> is you get someone to paint you and then you can pass yourself off as rich because only rich people have yeah that's your uh, gorgeous oil paintings yeah. that's your down payment <laughs> on a chariot that's your black Amex <laughs> car do you do you think it was easier to mistake people for each other back in the day I, it must have been um you know I to your point, Abraham Lincoln thought that this looking in the mirror was it was somebody else or whatever he saw. There were a lot of, I mean, I'm, okay, no, I can't, I can't draw a comparison today because there's a lot of weird superstitious shit that's out there. Yeah, but man, we were a weird superstitious oh, people yeah, yeah. back not yeah. too long ago. I mean, well, you didn't have science to try to solve your problems. You, you had just this kind of supernatural shit, like yeah, that. exactly. So, yeah. And and again, I think my big takeaway out of this is that our greatest president may have been like loonier than a yeah. three dollar bill. All right, well, that's that boy, he is not on. He is not on. $3 I'm going to start bill. doing kind of uh, interesting. I, I'm going to start doing interesting things. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> good lord, 130 <laughs> episodes <laughs> in. I'm going to start doing interesting things because of its Lincolnness and because he came out swinging with it. This is already etched into the Mount Rushmore. Wow, impressive. It, it might be chiseled off <laughs> if he comes up with something, or you come up with something even more Rushmore-y. But this is pretty damn Rushmore-y, mm. so I'm just going to say. Not Rosemary, like they have on the breadsticks at Olive Garden. It's a Rushmore-y. Okay. Michael Winfield, go. Well, I want to talk about my my clone. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, in my freshman year of college, uh, I had a roommate named Tejal. And he got a nickname call, named uh, T-Bone because <laughs> there was some doofus in our hall that could not remember his name. So he just went uh, T-Bone. Uh, T-Bone. And then there, there you go. <laughs> At some point, he, uh, there was someone on campus that looked a lot like Tejal. Oh, wow. And so we called him the T-Clone. Okay. And then Tejal said, oh, well, you know there's the guy that looks like you, right? And I'm like, cool. And he's like, the mic clone. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, no. I was like, I mean, you know, five foot ten, white, brown, floppy hair guy <laughs> at UCSB. There must be literally thousands that fit that description. But apparently, no, there was this guy huh. that I never saw, that everyone always saw. So it was at like, oh, wow. at like the dining commons, and I'd go to try to find him, and I could never, mm -hmm. could never see him. So wow. there was like this phantom me that went to school at the exact same time that I did, that I was always kind of like trying to track down, yeah. that everyone else saw except for me. It, it feels very like, I don't know, like Alice in Wonderland, the, yeah. just like, who is this guy? Does, is he into the same things as me? Mm -hmm. Does he like the same music? Yeah. Is he like kind of a nerd? Mm -hmm. what, what, is, what is this person's like profile? Or is he totally opposite? Is he into sports? Is he... Uh, Smart. Yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah. It's so, you know, we're talking about like how we, these people come up in the world that, you know, you look at those websites and the celebrity ones and, you know, a lot of people from the 1850s look like some people from today. Yeah. But 
maybe a lot of people just kind of look generally the same. And if you do find that one picture, you can just uh-huh. pinpoint him and say, like, oh, he looks like that guy. Yeah. I assume that this guy looked somewhat like me, the way that Jacob looks. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Ish, you, yeah. Kind of yeah. like nah, Do you think it's like a caricature? Like with each new president, there is an impersonation or an editorial cartoon caricature. And it's these attributes that stand out a little bit, but not much more beyond that. Maybe. If someone has like, a big nose or big ears yeah, yeah. or an overbite or looks like a monkey or whatever, yeah, yeah. Like, like George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone yeah. is just like, oh, he looks, he looks like a monkey. He just looks like a, a chimpanzee. Yeah. I don't know. I But I don't know what my outstanding attribute is. I'm pretty mm-hmm. plain looking. I wear glasses, but I don't wear like... I wear like dark hormone glasses now, but like in college, I was just mm. coming out of high school and I had like these plain gold, boring, like yeah. hideous <laughs> glasses. <laughs> I, I had like, I look, you know, sometimes Emily and I will watch like old music videos from the 90s. Uh-huh. And like I had every haircut that was yeah. there. It was just like parted brown, mm-hmm. kind of midway down to my eyebrows, parted in the middle and was like super boring, just yeah. like everybody else did. Mm. And it was like, th- there could have been hundreds of this guy that yeah. I just never saw. Yeah. All right, Richard, your second one. All right, so in the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World, um, there is something of a, an, what you think is going to be a, a sort of like surprise ending after the main uh, bad guy is uh, killed off, uh, Gideon. Uh, he sort of, as he's dying, he sort of introduces this concept of, well, you can defeat me, but can you defeat yourself? And we're introduced to Nega Scott. Yeah. Who in the is basically Scott Pilgrim, but with red glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. And I know in the uh, comic version of him, he's basically every the, the accumulation of every sort of negative attribute and every bad thing has ever happened to Scott Pilgrim. In the movie, on the other hand, he's basically just sort of built up as the Mister Mitzelplex, I think, version of Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you spell that, please, for the audience? Just real quick. Just, Mr. Mitzelplitz? Yeah, just run that off. For just real quick. M-I-S-T-E-R. Then you know I know the yeah, rest. Yeah, okay. so. That's right. Um, <laughs> and they, he, he goes off to fight, fight him, Nega Scott by himself. And a couple of minutes later, you see them walking out, talking to, them, talk, talking to each other about this brunch place that they need to go to. <laughs> and Scott's basically like, no, it's cool. He's, he's like a really cool guy. Like... Like, we've got a lot in common. <laughs> and that's the last bad guy that yeah. he has to defeat. <laughs> I be j- cool with yourself. I just think that there's a message in there. There's like a, there is a message in there somewhere about how you can defeat the negative things that you have inside your head. Yeah. But mainly, it's just a great little, like, tag at the end of this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you think is going to be built up into this, like... That, that's kind of a, a trope that we've seen in video games, mm-hmm. we've seen in movies, TV shows, yeah. where you have to defeat some like alter ego version of yourself. Yeah. It's like yeah. the evil, like negative yeah. version of yourself. And I guess what this kind of just posits is, oh, what if it turns out that you're not even the negative version of yourself is pretty much still you. <laughs> you still like the same things. Yeah, still would like to hang out with each other. Uh-huh. And I'll just I'll just bring up I'll, I'll use an, any opportunity to bring up Scott Pilgrim versus the World yeah. that that I can because it's such a fantastic movie and it's it's so filled with these sort of like turning these pop culture tropes on their head that this is like basically like the last one that they get to do. What if like the negative aspects were just like he's just you know not as good a tipper. He's not necessarily like a terrible tipper, but he he's just 10%. like percent. He's just he's just one of those guys that like, or maybe he's just like an, an a hole when he tips. Like he's the guy that puts out like the five dollar bills and then pulls one back. Like uh, what if he's just like yeah, 
He's still he's still kind of tipping, but he's mm-hmm. just ah, just kind of kind of a jerk about it. Yeah. Well, do you think that what you're looking for in your potential Mike clone is what Scott confronted in Negus Scott or whatever? Right. Is that you think that there's this person who might share common traits or might even be yeah, yeah. maybe more compelling or interesting or something like that or uh, and maybe you could mirror see yourself look in a mirror with that person i guess maybe yeah. it's maybe it's also like the fear that like what if i meet this person and he's exactly like me and that diminishes me so yeah. like it cuts whatever is special about me in half it's just like oh you're exactly like me yeah uh, it, you you do you. Uh, There's nobody else like you. No, yeah. fuck. My clone is just fucking <laughs> like literally me. just like me. Yeah, he stands a inch and a half taller, and the guy can bench 300 pounds. God damn it! Oh, that's pretty yeah. strong. Yeah, that's I'd pretty. Like to meet that guy. Yeah. yeah, hold on a second. Okay, Michael, what's your? If this is you, Michael, what's yeah. your second? Well, if <laughs> uh, if you're talking about final battles, Richard, in a video game, yeah, battling yourself, none better than Link in the video game The Legend of Zelda part two the adventures of link where he fights shadow link Mm. which is just like a black complete shadow version of himself that has Mm -hmm. all the same moves he can do like up thrust and down thrust and it's getting a little steamy in here now Ooh, hey hello um and he's like the final the final boss isn't in this uh video game series that usually are fighting like ganon or that pig guy it's like no, you you fight a dark version of yourself that can do everything that you can do, and you just have to be better than the most evil version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of you know like that. With even with doppelgangers, is like that's ultimately you're confronting yourself. And um, unlike Scott Pilgrim, they didn't walk out at the end uh, hand in hand and right. <laughs> recommending yeah. Branch. That, you know, someone was defeated via swordplay. I. Uh I like this pick, I think, and I can only say I think because this is one of my, like, weird thing. I basically never played Legends of Legend of Zelda. Any of them? No, not really. Never owned it. Maybe I over at somebody's That's house wild. once or twice and kind of, like, fiddled around with it. Eh, it's not my kind of game. I don't like those sort of... I'm not a fan of, like, adventure RPG type shit. Uh, yeah, the first one wasn't much of an RPG. Gee, I'm trying to think of the second one. You kind of defeated enemies and got some sort of hit points and eventually right. built up kind of power stuff. But it was weird. The second one was different than any of the other games because it turned from like this overhead moving around a map sort of game into like these weird cutscenes where there was like side scrolling kind of like a Mario Brothers thing where you're jumping oh, okay. on people. So it had like this two part thing where it was. I don't know, it's an interesting game, and I don't remember any of the other games being like that. I just think people our age, Zelda is such like a defining like yeah. game, and it's just one of those conversations when people start talking about it. You just, kinda, uh-huh, you yeah. just have a, a blank spot. Or like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. A, a dark mm-hmm. I just sort spot. of lie, just try to stumble my way through it, and the reality is I just, I don't, I'd never had patience for games that required multiple days, like quests sort of things. Just it had to be a game that you had to lay out a giant board and put cards down yes, and play, <laughs> pretend to play be a different baseball, baseball games. Okay, right. No, I just never had patience for games that were like I, where you couldn't sit down and there was a finite beginning and an ending within a couple hours. Once, yeah, but sure, why not? Sounds like a good pick. I mean, can you think of other feature films where the person has to basically defeat themselves, like defeat a clone? It seemed like that was the dis- that was the dystopian thing that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and a lot of people were doing in action films. Was yeah. Defeating a clone, defeating uh, another version of themselves, a, a, a 
multiverse version of this. Was a, what was the Jackie Chan film where he has to? Fight? It's called like the One or something where he has to defeat hmm. all these alternative universe versions of himself, and each time he does, he gets their power. Oh, so that one, that clone becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, but Schwarzenegger had a. Uh, he had to kind of defeat himself in Total Recall, but it was like his the version of him that was evil was still him. Yeah. But his mind was erased and he was sent back to Earth. Yeah. But then he got a video of himself and he was like just a total dick, <laughs> and he was just like, "Yeah, you're doing all this work and you think you're defeating the bad guys, but I'm you and I'm the bad guy and I can't wait to get my mind back. <laughs> but you, this loser who's back on Earth, uh, you're just playing yeah. right into everyone's hands. So keep." Keep going, or something like that. John Claude Van Johnson had some amazing things with the. Really, I still haven't seen it. I, I was so cynical sitting down to it, thinking how how kind of meta is this going to be, and or how funny will this be? And it's one of the funniest four part series I've ever seen in my life. And I'm, it's John Claude Van Damme is improbably hilarious in it, but he's it's also self referential where he he plays. Jean-Claude Van Damme, who has always been, while he's been an action film star, a, a secret operative mm. on the side. And he has this uh, woman who was his partner slash lover, who he's fallen out with, but he's now uh, put back on assignment. Yeah, so Jean-Claude Van Johnson's really good. And he does reference Time Cop a lot. Like, he, the, the actor, Jean-Claude Van Damme, was a huge fan of Time Cop, and nothing's better than Time Cop. And he basically grills people multiple times about how much they love they love Time Cop. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, you know Zet Legend, uh, Robin Williams' son, Zelda, son, daughter. daughter, daughter Zelda was named after Legend of Zelda. Yeah, because uh, Zach yeah. named him. His older his son was playing that video game. <laughs> I'm sure. I think he was like a pretty big video game head yeah. too for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. We playing just with watched the um, the doc the documentary on HBO, and oh. like they don't mention that at all, which I thought was interesting, or it was very telling that uh-huh. it's just like, who wants to hear them talk about how much of a big video game yeah. he was? It's yeah. like, yeah, that's not compelling. That's not documentary stuff. Yeah, some guy sitting around. Although the Steven Spielberg doc, they talk about how he's a big uh-huh. video game guy. So who the fuck? Knows? Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they, I think. Spielberg, as somebody who's very interested in emerging storytelling tools and things like that and stuff and technology. Okay, so we are at our halftime, and this is the Mount Rushmore podcast, and you are the audience that we value and appreciate, and we wish you would take it up a level and join us by going onto the Facebook, YouTube. Wait, no, we don't have YouTube. Join us on the Facebook, and we we do? Yeah, we got YouTube. Shit, really? Up on YouTube, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can... Not, you can, you can oh, not shit. watch it or watch it as long oh, as you like. Okay. Go to the Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and follow us on all the social handles. With the Facebook site, you could go up and uh, suggest a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss. Or you could even go uh, say what you think about the topics that we have discussed. You could end up, like some listeners have, as a participant in the podcast. You can also support podcasts in general by supporting all the great kind of uh, up-and-coming emergent podcasts out there, and here's one of them. Hey everyone, this is Toph, host of Gravity Beard, a podcast featuring interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. In each episode, I'll either interview a special guest, or we'll convene our typical Algonquin roundtable of brilliant minds. Occasionally, we'll even be joined by the host of one of your other favorite podcasts. Then every other week, my buddy Adam stops by for an installment of This Week Today. Whatever we do each week, we promise you'll be entertained. 
You can find Gravity Beard on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else quality podcasts are sold. And you can always find us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We're also a member of the Podfix Network. Come check us out. Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. And we want to give you something as a thank you for all your loyalty to this podcast. We want you to go to www. <laughs> Why do I say that? We want you to go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rushmore and download a free book on us, a free audio book on us that you can listen to on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player. Why you might listen to From Beyond the Grave, True Terrifying Tales of Doppelgangers by B. Perry E. Scars and Glenn Pavlovich. That is an audible audiobook that you get to keep with your free trial. You don't have to give it back. I don't know how you would, but you don't have to. You can keep that or you can get choose from 180,000 other titles or more for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, please uh, do that and go to audibletrial.com forward slash Rushmore and get that free audiobook. And we is back. We's back. We's back. Richard, what is your third? All right, so my third one is everyone from the pulp music video for bad cover version. Ooh. Which okay. I don't know. Did we discuss this, this at all on the show one time, Michael? Uh, I think maybe I really yes, briefly yes. referenced it, but I don't think it was like an official pick. But I thought this was a good... I really... I just, and if, if you haven't heard the episode that we referenced this, this in, please go do yourself a favor. Go watch this music video. Please go do yourself. Also. Okay, sorry. As dude. a favor. Okay, sorry. Do please, yourself. Please. Um, it's essentially the whole setup for the music video is that it's a tribute to Pulp. Because this is like one of their later singles, like late 90s, maybe even early 2000s. Uh, and that the some of the biggest acts in music have gathered to perform this tribute. And it's all set up like a live A or yeah. like, a, like a band A, yeah. you know, type, you know we are the world type thing where all these musicians all get in and are going to sing like one line from the song. Yeah. And I think the genius part of the video is they got all of these celebrity impersonators Mm -hmm. to impersonate David Bowie and Bjork and, you know, you, you know, this whole gamut of different musicians that are in this video. Mm -hmm. Then they actually had the the celebrity impersonators sing the line as if they were actually singing it. Yeah. And it just makes for like a really fun, different take on a music video because, oh, look, there's George Michael singing one of the Uh lines. Uh Oh, it's Bono singing one of the lines. You actually only get the real lead singer from from Pulp singing one of the lines, and it's not actually him. It's It's a lookalike. It's a Jarvis Cocker lookalike. Oh, okay. Um, Jarvis Cocker does make an appearance in the video as Brian May at the very end of the video with the big curly hair and everything. Um, and I just, they even had uh, a Kurt Cobain impersonator in there. Of course, this was like seven or eight years after Kurt Cobain oh, had dear, died. Yeah, yeah. But you know. Yeah. It's a music video, so what the hell. What do you, what was the, what was the concept? You think there was, it was a concept of just spoofing or satirizing one of these. Uh, Self-important. Uh, charity so, mega singles. Sort of charity mega singles, which yeah. I think still happen a lot more yeah. in England than they do in the U.S. Yeah. So I think it was kind of taking the piss out of all uh-huh. those sort of like, hey, let's get together for a good cause sort of yeah, thing, where it's yeah. mainly more about the musicians getting mm-hmm. their, you know, 30 seconds of FaceTime and being seen as 
as good people. Of course, yeah. they had Phil Collins drumming to it because Phil Collins uh-huh. drums at everything. Yeah. That is that does seem to be a thing that still happens there. The Oxfam fundraiser. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, they uh, have the Red Nose things. Day is huge there. Red Nose, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they do this thing called charity there. Where they oh, yeah. think about other people. <laughs> and they try to raise money and do good things for other people. We, we do that here, That's, but the politicians, they just actually channel it to their actual businesses. Straight into their bank accounts. <laughs> okay, so uh, what was the name of that again? What was the uh, video? Bad cover version. Bad cover version. Okay. okay. Michael, what do you got for your third? Uh, my third is the Mirror Universe from Star Trek. The original oh, wow. series. Wow. Uh, the Evil Spock. Evil That's Spock. A great That's one. the yeah. best That's one. a great one. Um, evil Spock is one of the biggest... Well, the funny, the funny thing about Evil Spock is that he wasn't really evil. He was just like... Emotional. Had a go- uh, yeah, he was just like the... He had a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> he was just their universe's version. And he was still like uh-huh. very Spocky. Do you think uh, Leonard Nimoy was just being a dick in the writer's room or still like complained about the lack of uh, juicy scenes that he had and people were like, God... The guy who plays Spock is just evil. What an evil. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's a plot line. Nemo's an asshole. Yeah, write it in. Yeah, and you think uh, maybe uh, Shatner was in, oh, like yeah. whispering in there. Yes, that's a, a great <laughs> plot I like that. Line. Idea. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's the idea of like the multiverse, I think, is always interesting. And a show like Star Trek could explore that in you know, fun and silly yeah. ways in yeah. terms of just like, oh, you just sla- sla- slap mm-hmm. a goatee on someone and slightly change the history on who invaded whom and who was in control of the, you know, military spaceships. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's all you need to do. And you're like, okay, well, everything is completely different. Well, it seems like every, I always feel like the comic, unfortunately, I don't know, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but it just seems like the comic book DC and Marvel universe uh, are just rife with multiple versions of each character, yeah. and you can find one to your liking and and stick with that one. You can find kind of the classic Coke or go with the, the new Coke or the diet offshoot or the, the thing with vanilla or cherry in it. So I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think as a as a storytelling device, like alternate universes are fine. Yeah. I think... St- you know, with with DC Comics and stuff, I think at some point they kind of got in over their heads and they yeah. tried to kind of rectify them by combining all the universes into one. Uh-huh. But then you still... I think what ended up happening is you ended up losing what people liked about the characters in the first place. They liked those stories. They liked that these people had history, even though, like, their current history didn't make sense or yeah. match up. But I think once you start removing it, and mm-hmm. DC Comics is in particular, really famous for rebooting their universe over and over and yeah. over. It's like, Batman's been around for, what, 70 years now? Yeah. Um, and, like, in their comics, he just started fighting crime, or Superman mm-hmm. just arrived, and there's none of the history of anything that happened. And at some yeah. point, you're just like, it's more... It's more interesting if you can weave in a character's history mm-hmm. than to just kind of wipe it out and start fresh. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the, you know, the mirror mirror episode and that they kind of um they kind of really that show was really good at going into a different universe or a different reality and then coming back. Yeah. They wanted to go into a cowboy world and tell a cowboy story and then they came back. In mm-hmm. this one they wanted to go into a world where um you know, there was evil Kirk and then yeah. uh 
quote, evil Spock, overthrew mm-hmm. him and took over and whatever. And then they just, you know, then the real ones came back. They, they didn't really have those sort of ramifications where maybe mirror universe Spock came back. Mm-hmm. What if he was the one that actually throughout yeah. everything was like, oh yeah, they swapped places and no yeah. one knew. And they didn't, they never told the stories. But I don't think Star Trek back in the day was about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they thought longer than the episode of oh, the yeah. week. No, no, yeah. You know, if they were to tell that story now, yeah. there would be hints and they would be a, you know, a, it would be a three-year story yeah. arc that eventually it was revealed that yeah. evil Spock was really the one that's been here for, yeah. and, you know, they drop all these clues and write little things, but like mm-hmm. they, I, you know, in the 60s and 70s, I don't think they've, yeah. they thought about. Do you watch Flash at all? Either of you guys? No. Yeah, they had a big evil, not to spoil it too much, guys, spoiler alert, but there's yeah, one of Reverse the Flash? There was Reverse Flash, and there's also one of the... Shelf. What? (laughs) Flashback person. Oh, flashback person. Thank you. No, one of the the other main characters... He puts his clothes on. On. (laughs) He goes really really slowly. But there's a main character who is revealed to be sort of like an alternate universe evil version of that character. Uh Uh-huh. And, yeah, I mean, they set it up for like a whole season basically mm-hmm. until they reveal it and you're right there's no way you would have that because because star trek was not meant to be episodic yeah you know it was not meant to have long-term storylines it's like but the discovery is that the new one discovery i think i think so that that's the first one that's really like sort of had longer term sort of plots that go from beyond week to week i remember too on like i mean we're off on a whole star trek thing now like deep space nine that entire series was all about like the Arc. I don't want to say Kardashian because I know it's not Kardashian, but it might be <laughs> Kardashian, Kardashian, uh-huh. not Kardashian, <laughs> the Kardashians. And I remember like, it was like the entire thing was about like the conflict between the uh, Federation and the Kardashian mm-hmm. empire. And it was like, oh my God, get a different alien yeah. on there. I don't care. I, yeah. Well, they only had it. the budget. For they, one alien, they had the budget for the big ears guy, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they had the budget for like that one, yeah, the one, one headpiece that they just slapped yeah. on. They're like, everybody get in here. How hot and sweaty would that have been? <laughs> oh my god! Do you think with the advent of home video, um, filmmakers and storytellers are now uh, can erase the idea that somebody might not be familiar with it or might not uh, may have forgotten some things in the previous episode? So that you could now do a season arc. And I think now when people are binging things, you got to presume that they're watching one. They're often watching one right after another. Oh, sure. It must be totally. Yeah. The, the approach to writing must be so different if you're like, there's going to be 13 episodes and this is a 13-part story versus uh, here's 26 episodes of this half-hour sitcom mm-hmm. or 22 episodes of a you know 48-minute TV series. Yeah plus commercials yeah. and you're just you know you have to constantly you know the old TV model you had to recatch people up all the time mm-hmm. do you think there's precedent I think of um, the idea of a mirror universe or a doppelganger as somebody who is like an evil twin what would its precedent be because I I know that there have been twins throughout history the idea that two individuals can can resemble each other but have distinctly different personalities and that some I think the idea is of demonic possession have been or in mental illness have been used in narrative and and literature and and drama, but I'm trying to think of if, if this is such a contemporary thing because I only think of it as the stuff of fantasy storytelling, the idea that one would go to a mirror mm. universe or or be transformed through some kind of uh, or, or actually I would say even in Shakespeare, um, the Midsummer Night's Dream, there's all kinds of uh, of 
spells being cast, something that will I change would ima- their, I would imagine yeah. that there is like a tradition of fairy tales where people are constantly changing yeah and being replaced or they're being bewitched Nothing jumps to mind but there's but ultimately it's it's about i think individuals uh using that kind of wish fulfillment fantasy of exploring their lesser um instincts or their more amoral mm. immoral selves you know so i think that's what its appeal is the classic if you could be someone else for the day what would you do yeah. and it's always like uh, I would just just go kill someone yeah. or whatever. I would I would do all these awful things. Yeah, if you could use that as an excuse to get out of jail free card for being an asshole, <laughs> it was my evil twin. I just wonder where that comes from. Okay, your final one, Richard. Okay, so this is uh, not an evil doppelganger, but it's a story of a doppelganger, in fact, who got into a lot of trouble for being a doppelganger. Real life story of Trina Johnson Finn. Now she is a to- Tony Braxton impersonator which is a very narrow and specific <laughs> thing to be. But hey, you know, she works in Vegas, so, you know, whatever, it works. Works for her. And she got hired to go do a performance in uh, Suriname, you know, out down in South America. Yeah. And she didn't think too much about it. Other people she knew had been hired to go do similar gigs down there. So she's like, okay, sure, fine. They're going to pay me whatever, a few thousand bucks. Great, no problem. Yeah. Went down there. Um, about one and a half songs in, people started booing, throwing things at her. Like the audience like revolted. Oh, wow. That's typical. That's, that's an actual Tony Braxton concert that happens too. True. Usually yeah, they, <laughs> they have had trouble with skinheads at the Tony Braxton shows and also in re- lots of revolts in uh-huh. Suriname, I would yeah. imagine. But she gets off. She's like, they can't call it short. She doesn't understand what's going on. Goes back to the hotel, gets her shit. Is like, I'm getting out of here. They stop her at the airport and detain her and eventually arrest her for fraud. What she didn't realize is that the promoter had actually booked it and promoted it as a Tony Braxton concert. Oh, God. Okay. And hadn't told her. And was, oh. And was hoping that she would oh, just wow. go out there and be close enough to the real thing that people wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. And then they could get away with, he could get away with <laughs> whatever money was going to be made from that. Wow. So she was... Uh, totally what, n- totally innocent in all yeah, this. Yeah. And then after a couple of weeks, it got sorted out. They wound up bringing the promoter, found up catching him, and he wound up getting like a two-year suspended sentence uh-huh. and probably paid a bunch of money yeah. to get out of it. But I just think, what a wild thing, yeah. you know? Can you just imagine her being on stage and just like, unbreak yeah. my thud, <laughs> getting whacked with a tomato or something like that and not being able to figure out like, okay, guys, I'm not that bad at yeah. this. Well, as a person who spends his summers as an MC at a concert venue in which only lookalike sound like <laughs> bands perform, uh, I'm surprised that anybody even noticed because the people in my audience are so drunk that they're <laughs> never gonna, <laughs> they're never gonna know. The Having gone to a show recently, I can uh, yeah. I can attest to this, yeah. especially if you're up on the hill, up on where the you're hill. about two miles away from the actual performance. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think about some of these young sound alike lookalike. Uh, tribute axes they got more pep in their step than actual elton john you know if if the real fog hat comes out they're they're not going to play as good as fake fog hat yeah fake fog hat <laughs> puts more effort into their uh, yeah. into their performance yeah we saw one from the road the leonard skinner cover band and those guys can pull a better guitar solo than, than the actual guys the actual well also I mean, if you go see leonard skinner how many are fog hat how many actual yeah. real members of fog hat are there at this yeah. point the the, the the uh, 
gap between what is a real band quote yeah. unquote, versus the cover version of it can sometimes be pretty yeah. blurry. And it seems like whenever you see the Temptations or the Four Tops of the Spinners, it's always oh, like... they've just been cycling yeah. through members for <laughs> 50 years. It totally is. It's like... Uh, it's funny because in hoaxes or... God, I don't know if we... I feel like I've got a couple doppelganger type stories, but I feel like I've told them on mic before. No, tell them and then if you, you have, we'll um, cut it, edit it out. My... The college town I... Uh, the city, I went to the University of Kansas, which is in Lawrence, Kansas, and like many college towns, people go there for four, a four-year education, they spend about 10 years there, and they get sucked into the kind of small-town vibe, and this is small-town Kansas, so it's very kind of Mayberry meets Berkeley kind of vibe to it, and I worked at a convenience store one summer, and everybody, it was like right before you got on the turnpike, so everybody stopped off at that convenience store, so if I didn't know you already after six years of living in this town, I saw you come through my quickie mart every day. And there was a guy who came in and he was my friend, Kevin, but he did not respond to me like my friend Kevin did. (laughs) And he spent the whole summer coming in and getting a pack of Marlboro Reds and a big gulp. And I would be, what's up, man? Hey, have you seen Ron's band? Yeah. Big toes playing at the replay lounge. You know, we ought to go check him out. And he kind of, he kind of gave me the nod, like, yeah, sure, man, sure. And uh, fuck me if, like, the last day he didn't say, do you maybe know my brother? Like, I knew this guy for years, and he never said he had a twin brother. He had oh, an wow. identical twin, fucking f- twin identical brother. Twin. He, they didn't get along. They didn't like each other. He didn't even like the, he, he didn't absorb the identity of being a twin. He didn't want people to know he had a twin brother the no, this is this is definitely a brand new entry to jeff cast <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was a mind fuck extraordinary if you think of how those characters inception probably fell you know it's like oh my god are you fucking serious well, does it do that thing where like uh you're you start putting all the pieces together yeah like uh like a christopher nolan film all yeah, it's all yeah. just flashbacks click things and are just and yeah. it's like oh you're right oh shit kaiser so was the thing that's going <laughs> yeah. on and he was his twin from Oh my God! Well, your friend Kevin's bro- Kevin, right? His brother. Yeah, yeah. What, how long did it take him to realize? Well, maybe he's talking about my identical twin. You would think that uh-huh. would be something that would come up pretty like, early yeah, yeah. on. Like your first instinct is, oh no, he's thinking of my my exact twin. brother. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine my interactions with him were what I thought were familiar interactions. If you see somebody you know and you kind of give him the head nod, yeah, you think you're saying hi to your good buddy. And he just thinks, oh, it's a friend, the guy behind the counter wearing the orange vest at the Quickie Mart. But you're offering with specifics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just so weird. It was so nice to see you the other night. Yeah, okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> hey, you bought that 20 bucks you owe me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Okay, uh, Michael, wrap it up. Uh, I got a dopey one to end it. Yeah. We were, we were talking about comics earlier and how convoluted they can be. And uh, in the world of Spider-Man... In the early 90s, early to mid-90s, it didn't get more convoluted than whatever was happening with Spider-Man, the doppelganger Spider-Man, and eventually the Spider-Clone, which became Ben Riley, which became the Scarlet Spider, which Mm -hmm. is just like, by the time... What the the, fuck? By the the time the end of the 90s happened, you're just like, I read... 200 Spider-Man comics and I have no I cannot yeah. tell you what yeah. happened. Yeah, I was going to ask you to explain but it sounds like you have a, you would have a hard time doing that. I'll, I'll start I'll start at the I guess where I Were these where in I the can. same publication or were they one-off, spin-offs? Well, at some point Spider-Man had like four comics going. Yeah. 
It's Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, the Spectacular mm-hmm. Spider-Man, and I th- and Web of Spider-Man. Yeah. So at some point, is Marvel you had to kind of keep up with. He was in Marvel Team Up. That maybe that was the eighties when I was reading. Yeah, he, I mean, at yeah. some point, Spider Man was top dog, and then he was replaced by Wolverine. And yeah, Wolverine was just in everything. And yeah, it was just like, yeah. But um, so at some point in the early nineties, there is a comic series called Infinity War, which has nothing to do with the movie that just mm-hmm. came out. Yeah, it was about this time traveling older version of this character called Adam Warlock. Yeah, who the evil version of him came back in time and acquired the infinity gauntlet and he called himself magus or magus Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah and with that he created like evil versions of like the marvel heroes Mm -hmm. and all of them eventually died out except for like the spider-man one who was looked like spider-man you know as doppelgangers do but he had like eight arms yeah and he had like a clawed hands and like nasty teeth and everything and uh spider-man battled him for a bunch of time, you know, a bunch mm-hmm. of episodes or uh, issues, and he teamed up with a bunch of other people like Hobgoblin, yeah, and all, you know, all the whatever. And eventually, it was just so convoluted and stupid, and you're just like, uh, I guess so. He kind of looks interesting, but, yeah, uh, whatever. But Marvel never won to not. They're not going to eliminate beat, you know? beat an idea to death. Okay. They're like, okay, what if we took Spider-Man but had like a clone of him? Mm-hmm. And he can, let's in, reintroduce that clone version of him back into his life as a guy that's Spider-Man, but blonde. Yeah. But maybe he's the actual real Spider-Man mm. that the clone, that the Spider-Man you've known and loved for 30 years is the, is yeah, the, clone. the clone. And you just, by the end of like this two, two and a half year storyline, you're just like, just go back to telling Spider-Man yeah. stories where he's getting mad at J. Jonah Jameson yeah. or whatever. And I think that there is... An interesting thing when you're fighting like the other in a comic book. Mm-hmm. It's like you talked about earlier. It seems to happen a lot that there's like the only true version that is capable of really testing you is you. Yeah. Especially if you're, you know, Thor and you're super strong. Yeah. If you're infinitely powerful, the only person that can beat you is you. you yeah. Know? And I think that often these things, they happen, they're fun, they're great, they look cool. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I think of ultimately the... <laughs> it didn't result from this, but like you've probably seen that mem of meme mem whatever of Spider Man pointing at Spider Man, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're just like, you, you did it, and I love that, that that the idea that that has been going on, like that was from a cartoon from the '70s, yeah, that the idea of like the the evil you that's just anybody could be Spider Man if you put on Spider Man costume, yeah, because that you know it's uh, I can <laughs> you can be oh, I love that shit. within the the. Uh, um, auspices of bad animation. That's probably like uh, a boon to the animators. Oh shit! Really? Oh yeah. We just go to the Xerox machine and make the other make the bad guy for this one. Flip him around. Oh yeah, the bad guy is the same as the good guy. All right, we're gonna take the summer off here, at call, Hanna Barbera. Call, call call the Koreans. Let them know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very fascinating. That is a fun topic to um, discuss with you guys. If I am discussing this. With you guys, I don't know if it's true or not. So uh, I did say early on that I thought uh, the Lincoln's do- doppelganger would be one, but who was that guy who said that earlier on? I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not. 
even though I've been sitting here the whole time. And haven't had any time. <laughs> yeah, none of us have gotten up. <laughs> okay. Um, the big shade, the big, the big curtain that went down for all of seven seconds, then rose back up. Though that might have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is Jeff Doppelganger. <laughs> he's he's better than the real thing. He's better as good as at least. <laughs> as, good. Yeah, as good as at least. Uh, well, I'll pick that one, Lincoln's Doppelganger. I really liked um, the Link fighting uh, Shadow Link in Legend of Zelda. That's super cool because it was personal. Michael, the My Clone, I think was really compelling. And fuck it, since I like Marvel Comics, I'm going to go with Spider-Man. So uh, that is the judgment. Uh, nobody said overruled, so it must be holding. And then uh, do we have an wait 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 wait, wait, wait we have wait. an appeal and process? Do we have has do we have like a nice podcast? <laughs> My name is Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Wait a second. Hold <laughs> That's on. the end of the show. <laughs> He's trying to get out of that.